Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Well, hello. I'm thinking this topic is going to be a two-parter. I've gotten feedback that people prefer the shorter episodes, so I decided to make this two parts. I think it's an important topic, extremely important at this time, so I've got a lot of things to say. So here goes, part one. Homeschooling 101. Here's my take on it. I believe, now that our kids are doing school from home, that it's really important to recreate, simulate, imitate as much of the normal school routine as you can, except for the 6 a.m. wake-up time. Don't do that. Adolescents get up too early during the school year. That's just a fact. Now, this doesn't mean they should be sleeping in as late as they want. The wake-up time should be consistent. Hopefully the school, that the, the middle school, the high school, the college that your young person goes to has set up required like webcast Zoom classes. And hopefully those classes start around 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. Now that thing that, you know, 6 a.m., 7 a.m. is too early of a wake-up time for adolescents, that's just not my opinion. No need to take it from me. Take it from researchers at Oxford and Harvard. Pretty good schools, damn. Here are their recommended school start times. So for 16-year-olds, they recommend a 10 to 10.30 a.m. start time. For 18-year-olds, they recommend 11 to 11.30 a.m. start time. And real quick, I know I'm always talking about sleep, but the Academy of Pediatrics says that our kids need eight and a half to nine and a half hours of sleep in adolescence. Call that nine. So if your kid's getting seven, six, five hours of sleep, they will experience the symptoms of sleep deprivation. Forgive me for rattling a few of the symptoms of sleep deprivation off. Irritability, anxiety, moodiness, drowsiness, lack of motivation, attention deficits, reduced vigilance. Impaired memory, distractibility, lack of energy, fatigue, restlessness, poor decision-making, increased airs, depressed mood, difficulty learning new concepts, inability to concentrate, overactivity and hyperactive behaviors, and a tendency to emotionally explode. Any of those sound familiar? And by the way, those are the majority of symptoms for Anxiety disorders, depression, ADD, ADHD, and oppositional defiant disorder. Okay, so yeah, sleep, it's important. So one of the great opportunities with this time period is that our kids can get the appropriate amount of rest. But it needs to be consistent. A consistent wake time. When I'm working with youth, I check in with their sleep vow. VOW stands for Variance of Waking. So how you get this number, this sleep VOW, is you take the time of the day where you wake up the latest during the week 
and subtract the time of day when you wake up earliest in the week. So, for example, if you got a 17-year-old dude who sleeps until 1 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday and has to get up at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday, that young man has a sleep variance, a sleep vow, variance of waking, of seven hours. That's not going to go well. This is one of the major issues that I see in adolescence is young people sleeping in really late on the weekend and then having to get up really early on Monday. I tell kids all the time, your body has no clue, no idea about the difference between Sunday and Monday. Now, your mind can kind of create the uh, cognitive structure to make sense of Sunday and Monday, but your body has no clue. So when you wake up on Monday, three hours, four hours, five hours, six hours, seven hours earlier than you did the previous day, your body freaks out. It is totally dysregulated, confused. What are we doing? You know that feeling when you get a really early flight and you have to get up at like 3 a.m. and, and you're driving to, to the airport and going, you know, is this, is this real life? Things don't feel real. Everything's foggy. Well, that's how a lot of our teenagers, a lot of our adolescents are heading to school. So back to how this applies to this current time where our kids are doing school from home. This is a great opportunity for them to get their variance of waking down. The lower the variance, the better. Now, if I'm working with, a, with someone who's got a six-hour variance during the week, I don't expect him or her to get to one-hour variance or no variance, but we're working to get that number down. If it's six hours, can we get to four hours this week? And then maybe three hours the next week. So my personal opinion, our youth should not have a variance over two hours. The smaller, the better. But if they sleep in an hour or two later on the weekend than they do during the week, the body usually can do a decent job of regulating on Monday. Okay, enough about sleep. For now. Back to it. We want to recreate, simulate, imitate as much of the normal school routine as we can from home. Why this is so important is because one of the main reasons schools work is because they're not located in your house. They have several rooms. And hallways. And you're required to switch rooms. And what do you do when you're switching rooms? You're walking. So schools have these built-in movement breaks. And there's different rooms for different classes. There's like a big room called the cafeteria where you eat. There's another big room called a gymnasium where you exercise. And when you're done bouncing room to room, you walk out some doors, get in a car, get on a bus, and go home. Human beings are way more impacted by their physical environments than they think. And I believe most of us are beginning to realize that. That working from home, doing school from home, isn't quite as 
easy as we thought it would be. The mind is so highly impacted by our environments. It takes its cue from our physical environments. So I'm seeing so many students and parents working from home struggling to make this transition. So while you're not going to be able to build a physical multi-room school in your backyard for your kids, we can get creative with creating the consistency, the structure, the movement, the breaks, and the energies of a school. So these students that I'm seeing who are really struggling with this transition, many of them are eating, doing their classes, all their classes, doing their homework, playing video games, socializing with peers, sometimes sleeping, all in the same spot. That spot often being their bed or a desk. Remember, the mind takes its cue on what to do by taking in the environment. So our students' minds are so confused. When they're sitting in bed doing their Zoom class, as they're sort of laying down in their pajamas doing their Zoom class from bed. And here's a really important nugget to know. The mind will always prefer the most pleasurable or easiest activity done in any given environment. So when you're trying to be productive and do homework from bed, your mind is confused and, you know, consistently nudging you like, hey, like, why don't we watch TV or take a nap? We do that here. That's a much more preferable, pleasurable experience. What are we doing this difficult thing here for? So our students need to be mindful of the spaces in which they're doing different things. Our students need to be creating sacred study spaces. Okay, I think this is a good place to pause. We're going to end part one of Homeschooling 101 here. Please come back in a few days and check out part two. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, the number four, parents.com. Thanks again.